Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today and I really appreciate you taking your time to uh, support me in my podcast. really appreciate it. Um, it is the weekend. I hope you're all having a great weekend. I had people this over uh, this evening come over and it was good to see people again because... Uh, of the COVID, you know, social life went down and um, it's taken time to come back up. But, you know, people still don't go to people, everyone's houses over here because uh, of the issues because of the COVID. But, uh, you know, uh, to have someone over was great today and I'm really happy for that. Uh, summer is coming and... oh. Summer is here almost, uh, and I know it's summer is on in India, but not where I am. But um, anyway, it is good to be uh, on the weekend and good to be enjoying the sunshine. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about something I saw on the internet, um, a narrative that is uh, processed by a narrative that's processed by the planet uh, predominantly, uh, and and minorities, so-called minorities in India. We know what are narratives. Narratives are um, a perception, a story given to you based on a perception so that they, they can, people can use that narrative to change your mind. And this narrative is not based, narratives are not based on facts. Okay, a narrative is never based on te- facts. It is only a perception of your mind so that they can twist and manipulate you to align with their ideology or product or whatever it is. Um, no narrative is based on facts. So you have God, uh, people looking at you know these blind faiths, Abrahamic faiths, God, 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 everything's about God. They've never seen God. It's all about God. And they've never seen him, never touched him, have no proof of God, but God is there because it's a narrative. So they've placed this narrative in your head and you believe it like uh, like cock and bull. Um, one of the narratives, if you're following me on Facebook and you can see on my screen, one of the narratives um, is religion is based primarily, uh, here's a quote by Bertrand Russell. So he says, religion is based primarily on upon fear. It is partly the terror of the unknown and partly as the wish to feel that you have a kind of elder brother who will stand by you in all trouble troubles and disputes, fear of the mysterious, fear of death, fear of uh, defeat. Fear is the parent of cruelty and therefore it is no wonder uh, that cruelty and religion have gone hand in hand. It is because fear is at its base of, uh, at is because it is because fear is at the basis of those two things. In this world we can now begin a little to understand things, a little to master them, by help science which has forced its way up step by step against the opposition of all uh, precepts. Science can help us to get over this caravan of fear in which mankind has lived for so many generations. Science can teach us, and I think our own hearts can teach us, no longer to look around for imaginary support, no longer to invent allies in the sky, but rather to look at your own effort. Here 
below to make this world a fit place to live in instead of the place that the churches in all these centuries have made it so this is a this is a um quote by Bertrand russell um and it's it's a great quote religion is based primarily on fear It's partly the terror of the unknown and partly as a wish to feel that you have a kind of elder brother to stand by you. Fear is a parent of cruelty and therefore no wonder if cruel, it is no wonder that cruelty and religion have gone hand in hand. So it's important, my dear friends, to understand what a narrative is because fear is the basis of these narratives they'll give you a fear and on and on and they'll spin it around you and turn you around so that they use your energy for money and power vote bank politics while you are being spun like a spinning wheel um and i'll give you one of the few narratives uh that that have been going on for a very long time the Jallianwala Bagh massacre. We have known about it for a very long time. We've talked about this in schools. The Jallianwala Bagh massacre. Um, um, it's in our, it's etched in our memories. We're told about this, but we were told only one side of the story. Um, now it is Im important to understand why, because the people, the people who spun this story. Uh, to the detriment of those who sacrifice their lives are the ones running the government. So they will spin a story that they want and they will spin and spin and spin and keep you on a plantation of fear. So they, they kept us on this plantation for 65 years and they're still doing it in, in different ways. Um, the Indian National Congress, they spun a story around this that they were the liberators of India from... Um, are vast from this huge British Empire and because they were the liberators of India uh, they are the heroes of the kingdom and only they can rule and everyone who does not submit to them is hate speech hate 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 they go the whole day oh and they are about love and the other side is about fear and hate and so they instill this fear in you that you need them that you're going to be uh, the other side is corrosive they feed you feed you feed you with this fear and then Anything you do is based on this fear, and they call this fear religion. So if you attack their fear, if you attack their ideology, then you are a hate speecher. So they put this per uh, perception on your mind. Now I'm going to give you a talk. I'm going to give you a thing about the Jallianwala massacre, and I'll show you how long this is being played out. So uh, the Jallianwala Bagh massacre happened uh, on the in March of uh, 1919. Uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi launched the non-cooperation movement. Um, outside the legislative assemblies and other official forums, Gandhi upped the ante by announcing an all-out hartal uh, beginning on 30th of March uh, 1919. No section of the Congress endorsed this call. Okay? By now, many moderates have left the party to form the liberal 
party, while the extremists have been annoyed by his recruiting efforts. However, the appeal found supporters in thousands from Calcutta to Northwest Frontier Province, where 28-year-old Khan uh, Abdul Ghaffar Khan organized a rally in Peshawar. However, it was in Punjab from the bulk of the Indian Army, where the bulk of the Indian Army was recruited, where his call to Hartal resonated the most loudly and people were willing to join the campaign. He was on his way to Punjab when he served notice not to proceed to, to that province. He was removed from the train and instead went to Bombay. He was removed. Um, in Amritsar, however, Dr. Saifuddin Kichlu and Dr. Satyapal, who had invited him, were arrested. Uh, their, their arrest resulted in rioting in Ahmedabad and Gujarat and Amritsar. The police lati charged and used excessive force. In Amritsar, five or six Europeans were killed and an English woman was sexually assaulted. Um... On the 13th of April 1919, Brigadier General Reginald Dyer led his men from the Gurkha and the Baluch regiments and the Sin rifles into Jallianwala Bagh, a small closed park with only one exit, exit, the entryway of the park. A large number of people were presently mainly to attend the Baisakhi festival celebrations and visit the Golden Temple. Um, they were oblivious to the tension that was growing in urban Punjab. Dyer ordered his men to shoot directly into the crowd. The exact figures of fatalities uh, is not known, um, but the estimates range from 379 to 1500. Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs were among the dead. It resulted in the protest throughout Punjab, which the governor, Michael O'Dyer, crushed through police and military action, including the aerial bombing of Gujranwala. So we see the uh, precursor um, to the Jallianwala Bagh, and we see that there were the, the, uh, the, the Jallianwala Bagh massacre happened for an approximately 1500 plus or minus people perished. Um, and it resulted in protest all uh, which uh, throughout Punjab, which the governor Michael Dwyer crushed through police and military action, including aerial bombing. That must have been bad. It's like drones of today. However, something that I want to tell you that no one else has ever talked about, uh, and I, I'm reading this from a book, uh, Jinnah, His Successes, Failures, and Role in History by Dr. Ishtiak Ahmed. So... Um, Yes, I'm going to tell you something very important. Um, that Jallianwala Bagh was not a one-sided affair. Indians supported it. And we were not told this part of the story. We were spun a narrative. And that narrative led to the liberal license Raj ruling us for 65 years because they portrayed themselves as the saviors from the big bad British. On, so I'm going to read on. On the other hand, Punjab chiefs, landlords, and other conservative circles supported the government. The heads of the Sufi shrines in Punjab presented a farewell address uh, in 1919, thanking General Michael, Governor Michael Dwyer for the stern action he took which saved the Punjab from, the, uh, from anarchy and disorder. They quoted Quranic verses 
to underscore that their loyalty to the British was sanctioned by their fate. The Sikh high priest of the Golden Temple went even further in Sikophonisi. They invited Brigadier General Dwyer in to the Golden Temple, where in a bizarre religious ceremony, they declared that he had become a Sikh. Both Jinnah uh, and Gandhi condemned uh, the British attitude. Gandhi was condemned also condemned the mobs who resorted to violence, describing their behavior as dis disgraceful. On the 18th of April 1919, he called off the agitation because it failed to remain peaceful. So we see, my friends, what I'm trying to say over here is that we were never told that the Sufi shrines of Punjab supported the British. The Punjab chiefs, uh, there were other hand, some chiefs, landlords, and conservative circles supported the government. Um, the Sufis quoted Quranic verses. The Sikhs made him a, 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 a Sikh uh, and had a bizarre religious ceremony. So why were Indians supporting the British uh, against their own people? Because this was not a war between the British and India or Hindus and Muslims. It was a war between Indians for power and the British were only the front on the top who were letting, uh, who were administrating this power. But the actual power, the actual reality on the ground that Indian states, Indian tribes, Indian Maharajas, Indian goons, uh, landowners were fighting and they were fighting for a very long time. So we were not just told this one part of the story, we were portrayed as victims um, and, and we had to be afraid of the big bad British. Now not to say that it was right or wrong, of course it was wrong, and not to say that um, the Jallianwala massacre was you know uh, trivial, no it was, it, it was, it's right to absolutely um, teach it to us in our schools so that we remember um, but it's also right to have told us both sides of the story, not the side they wanted to tell us. So as a result of which we were conned for 65 years with this one-sided story, not telling us that the Indians were fighting long before the Brits came along, uh, the people on the ground, the landowners. It was an overflow of the Zamindari system, an overflow of the uh, Jagidari system, um, an overflow, the same currents that formed the waves for the Maharajas and Nawabs fighting, uh, and it caused, it caused this this massacre. Um, it caused us the these rich landowners allied with uh, the British to protect them because the British had the army and the military. So they supported the British on the inside and sold out the poor people on the outside. They didn't really care about the poor people. And so now we're fighting for 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 independence from the British. Did we fight for independence from the big landowners? No. The the Jagidars, the I mean, now we just changed the label on the top and the narrative that was sold to us that we were victims. This victimhood is not new. This victimhood has been going on for a very long time. And the reason why it's going on so that they can sell you anything to remain in power. That's the long and short of the story. And this is how they destroyed the Indian National Congress, destroyed the, uh, the country and took it down the garbage bin from 333 million to 1.4 billion 
people. Um, and here's another narrative that I want to tell you about. As a Christian growing up, I was also fed a narrative of fear. Uh, we were fed this narrative for a very long time. Be careful of the Hindus, of God, of the devil, fear the devil, fear, fear, fear. And you're always on the back foot. You're always scared. Um, and then the Hindus and their caste, Hindus and their gods, Hindus, 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 Hindus. You know how we were brainwashed, lock, stock, and barrel and that is not all my friend um, and as a result of which we only vote for that party who has brainwashed us with that fear so who is the party who brain who, who who are the people who brainwash us with that fear Indian National Congress um, the Indian National Congress was absolutely brainwashing us with fear through their priest uh, and 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 congregation after congregation over here, um, we were told that uh, to beware of the Hindus, that they were filthy people, they were Dalit, they were caste, we were told lies. And as a result of which, we ended up voting for who the priest made us vote for. Uh, we ended up voting for them. Um, and in return, they got big swaths of land. They are the second biggest landowner, uh, commercial, I think, landowner in this country after the Indian Navy, uh, Indian uh, Armed Forces. Then comes the Islamic Board, uh, Iraq Board, or I don't know what Islamic Board, but they are the biggest people, and they're the ones who are crying, uh, they're the ones who are crying, uh, um, you know, they're the ones who are crying victimhood. Why? Because it's a perception. It's a perception of your mind that they are feeding you to keep you hostage of their shame, their blasphemy, so that you continue submitting to them and they will continue their inquisition into your lives, their colonial hangover. So um, I was just looking at a post on, 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 uh, on Facebook and on that post, uh, one of uh, the people who I subscribe to uh, posted something on the wall and it says um, it was a video uh, showing the most largest and richest most powerful church in Kerala celebrates the defeat of the BJP in Karnataka um, a lot of BJP people bend over backwards in front of these churches for the last couple of years, including Narendra Modi, who went to meet the church fathers, I think it was in Delhi, um, and at least get some leftover votes, okay? So they wanted the church to give them votes. Wanted, wanted the church to give them votes, so he went and met the fathers, and the fathers would have said, oh, yes, yes, of course, yes, thank you, thank you, we'll vote for you. Not one, not one. Um... They want to deal with the government for businesses, but not one who voted for them. Um, and the church, there is a video of the church in Karnataka showing that they are absolutely laughing. Um, the guy over here says um, the Christians are a minority. They're poor little minorities, but they're most powerful church in Karnataka. Okay, uh, I'm not going to show you the video, but I am going to just, I don't know if you can see it on, on mine, but it's on my Facebook wall. Um, so he's laughing. He says, we're only 1.6 something percent of Christians in, in the Karnataka state, which is incorrect. I think they're about 10 or 11 percent. I'm not sure. Um, 
84% of Karnataka people um, are Hindus. Uh, and thank God for the 84% people, 84 of the people who voted against the BJP uh, and stopped this wave of animosity. So the BJP is giving you this animosity and the BJP is creating negativity, BJP is creating animosity and they are talking about this in church. Can you believe that? A church is a place for a sacred space for you and God, not for politics. Why are they talking politics in church? Because the church is not an ideological institution. It is a political institution. Similarly, like the Islamic boards and the Vak boards and all of them, they are political institutions. There is not one Islamic board or one Islamic darga that is an um, institution of faith or institution of God. They they have a front of God, but their real goal, their real face is that of a political institution. Uh, we know that uh, it has gone on for so long. And as someone who grew up Christian, I can tell you that this was happening all the time. And you have your proof on the Facebook page that they are talking about the, the BJP or a political party in your church. You're not supposed to be using your religious grounds for political gains and laughing. And everyone's laughing and clapping their hands. Well, you know, you know, if, if the Karnataka, is, uh, the people of Karnataka want this, and this is what they want. I mean, uh, don't cry afterwards. Uh, but they're not victims. They are a powerful church. They're not victims at all. It's a narrative that's been dealt into our heads that we are victims, we are victims, we are victims. We will end up be victims. We will never be winners. We will never be survivors unless you portray yourself as a survivor. As long as you portray yourself as a winner, you will never become one. But that is a narrative of the church that has drilled into our heads that we're always persecuted. So we get into this space of persecution and when it happens, we believe the other side. We say, oh no, it's the other side. But you've put it in your head that you're persecuted, of course you'll be one. You have to tell yourself that you are strong and you're a winner. You are above the status quo you will win. You have to tell yourself that you are at peace. You have to heal and you will meet people who have healed. You have to tell yourself that you are a winner. You're a survivor and you will because we're currents and waves. It's our currents that form the waves. Whatever we portray ourselves as, we will manifest the same thing. And it's important to understand that these narratives are as fake as fake can get. These churches and these uh, are as as political institutions and we can, as, as can get, they have spun a narrative for a very, very, very long time, just like the Jallianwala Bagh, and then they ask you to vote for them. Vote, 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 vote. How does God, who transcends everything, need votes? Why does he need to you to talk about votes? It's not his business to talk about politics. Why? Because there is no God. There is no God. Okay, um, religion is based primarily on fear, my dear friends. It is partly the terror of the unknown and a partly a wish to feel that you have an, I, an elder brother who will stand by you in troubles and disputes, which is absolutely a perception of your mind. Fear of the mysterious, fear of defeat, fear of, def fear of death. 
uh, fear is apparent to cruelty and therefore it's no wonder that cruelty and religion have gone hand in hand. What they don't understand is we are currents and waves because it's our currents that form the waves. It's not the waves that form the currents. So I, on that note, I want to let you go. Uh, I thank you for your time. Please understand what narratives are. People are sp spreading narratives all across the board, negative narratives. But when someone spreads a narrative, tell them, look at the three fingers pointing back at you and take your responsibility and, and you will get equal opportunity. Understand your currents that form the waves. It's not the waves that form the currents. It's important to do that. If not, you will pay the price. But we want to heal. We want to go forward. We want to stop the violence in our homes. Stand up to that violence, to that narrative. Challenge it wherever you are. Challenge a narrative and you will be free. Thank you very much for your time. I really hope you had a great day, great weekend and see you tomorrow.